0: over 20 years of ag technology experience with companies like Monsanto and SlimTech, Carlos Hirsch has experienced firsthand the challenges associated with ag data. Now at AWA, he thinks they've developed a key piece of the solution.
1: We started with soybean breeding programs in Argentina, and we grew from doing 100, 200,000 microplots of data uh, fields to 3 million. So we had to build our own database internally to organize all that. And we got pretty good at it. And that's where we realized like, hey, you know, this is a problem across the industry.
0: AWA provides the infrastructure to bring all the various ag data sources together in an organized way. So decision makers can spend less time in the weeds and more time asking the questions that matter.
1: Everybody's been talking a lot about ChatGPT lately. And even chat GPT cannot work if the data is not organized behind it. Uh, So that's kind of what we're trying to help here to do is organize your data first and then start asking questions. And then you might find out you will be able to ask some questions that you never thought uh, asking before one, because you didn't have the time to do it or because you didn't have the ability to add that extra layer of data.
0: We're talking ag data with AWAS Carlos Hirsch on today's Future of Agriculture podcast. Hello, fellow ag nerd. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Future of Agriculture. My name is Tim Hamrich, and every week you and I get to hear from the founders, farmers, innovators and investors, the people shaping the future of the ag industry. Now, before we dive in, I want to thank our quarterly presenting sponsor, which is a company that tells you what you don't want to know. Every three seconds, FarmWave's Harvest Vision system is counting your harvest losses off the header and from the combine and reporting them to you in the cab in real time. Make changes on the fly and watch your loss counts drop without having to stop or do manual harvest loss counts again. Models are currently available in corn and soybeans with several other crops in development for release soon. But don't take my word for it. Listen to an actual FarmWave customer. The loss sensors on our combine were debatable at best there's some
2: days they worked perfect and gave us an accurate idea of how much loss we were having and there was other days where they weren't close and and so it was kind of this constant struggle of my, my factory sensors are showing loss, is it true? So, you were constantly not only fighting the sensors but actually true loss in the field. So, if you're not confident in the seat on your factory loss sensors, FarmWave is a great addition, or if you have an inexperienced operator running another machine, this is a great way to kind of keep tabs on on everybody. Um, and again, it's not going to be perfect and tell you the exact bushel loss, but if it's going to point out trends that you can then make changes on, that's it, it'll be a good fit for their operation.
0: That's Northwest Iowa farmer Jason DeCavers. And make sure you stay tuned to the end of today's episode for a more detailed spotlight of Jason and how he's using technology like FarmWave on his farm. And of course, you can join the ranks of farmers like him who are deploying harvest vision in their fields to ensure that no bushel gets left behind. Put AI to work on your farm by visiting FarmWave.io That's FarmWave.io to chat with one of their experts or locate a dealer near you. Thank you so much to FarmWave for supporting Farm Innovation and the Future of Agriculture podcast. All right, now to today's featured conversation with AWA Chief Revenue Officer Carlos Hirsch. Carlos is passionate about the intersection of ag, technology, and people, so perfect for this podcast. He's been in the ag industry for over 20 years now and built an accomplished career in seed production, technology development, and SaaS businesses. He has an agronomy degree from ESALQ, or E-S-A-L-Q in, I'm going to try to do my best on this pronunciation, pura Brazil and an executive MBA from Washington University in St. Louis. He joined AWA in August of 2021 and resides there in St. Louis with his family. Carlos and I talked today about what makes data problems in agriculture unique versus a lot of other industries and their solution called the AWA Vault that combines all types of data sources like weather machinery, satellite, drones, field notes, etc. and puts them in one place in a format that makes them accessible for other tools to use like artificial intelligence and of course ultimately for the farmer or researcher whoever needs it to make actionable decisions. The original market for this have been researchers and R&D teams to allow them to spend more time on leveraging the data to extract insights. But they've also moved into offering this to large commercial farming companies as well. This is a lot of implications here for the big wave in advancements in artificial intelligence, which we seem to be experiencing right now. We'll kick things off with a little bit of background on Carlos and what led him from Brazil to St. Louis, where he now calls home.
1: St. Louis, uh, as you know, it's kind of been a, a nice hub for for startups uh, in the biotech area, ag tech area that was flowing and growing here. So I joined uh, S4 ag Tech at the time. It was similar to AWA, uh, originated in Argentina, kind of futuristic way to do a fintech and, and insure tech. Now it's called like that. It, we didn't even have a, quite a name at the time because it was so new. And from there, uh, so I helped them open the US, the Brazil market. And uh, then another company came to the US, Solimftech, uh, which you might have heard already. They're a Brazilian company doing uh, software for fleet management. And now they're in robotics. Uh, so helped them open the US market. Also, very interesting learnings there and and working more with uh, then retailers and co ops at the time. And now it's been my. My cool job in the last two years where I got to kind of go back in time a little bit and where I was doing on my last role at Monsanto, that was technology development. I used to do trials throughout the country, testing the different uh, hybrids and, and genotypes in different environments. And so obviously there was a lot of data gathering exercise there and, and data analysis to then you know, generate recommendations to to the marketing and sales teams based on on those uh, analysis and tests. And at the time, I wish I had a system like like AWA or a platform, because the reality was we were always, you know, running behind and and trying to get the data collected correctly and have enough data so we could make the right recommendations and also run the analytics you gotta run. So at the time was mainly I'm talking, you know, 10 years ago more, a lot of Excel, a lot of R. Uh, but not much of a platform like like Awa does today. So when the folks from AO approached me, showed me what they they had, they were finishing developing at the time. That really got me excited. It's like, okay, I I don't have a sales career per se, uh, but that really resonated with what I did in the past, and I I know the struggle, uh, I know the pain points. So I thought it could be helpful to help them sell that uh, here and and grow the company in the U.S. and globally now.
0: Very cool. And your current target market is um, research and development groups and scientists and re- researchers, basically. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Uh, since the launch of Able Vault, that has been our, our newer focus. However, we started in looking into larger farming operations. And, and when I say larger in, in the terms of you know South American large farmers, where you have organizations that run hundreds and thousands of acres, they have agronomy teams data teams so no different than the companies we already serve like you know the, the product development companies that are developing crop protection crop nutrition seed products right so
0: put us in the shoes of one of those customers so most of the people listening are not researchers although we certainly have some that listen most are not running this farms of that size what are they struggling with before AWA, And what what does that look like exactly? And then uh, what what are they going to get once they start using the tool?
1: Yeah. So in general, uh, like I said, these guys are already been doing research for years, right? Um, And so we're not changing the way they do research, uh, but we are changing, I would say, the way they gather all that information and accelerate and help reduce the risk of a bad product launch, right? So we all have been in the industry for a while, even if you're not a researcher, you're a farmer, and you're at the, the receiving end of those new products, there's always that, well, what if, right? Is this really something that's gonna change my uh, productivity or my yields or my efficacy of applying some new biological or new you know, herbicide or whatever? Um, there's always that risk, right? So. The way that works today, you, you start way back there in the R&D where you have a new molecule or a new seed or a new trait, and that may take seven to 10 years to get to market in the current process. And today they, they are still collecting the very same basic pieces of data they've been collecting for 10, 15 years ago. And what happens is there is a push for, hey, there's all these other data that you could be collecting, from IoT devices, from weather sensors, from satellites, from drones, from all that stuff that could improve your analysis or accelerate the product development process, which is, you know, maybe you're going down from seven to five years and have then that will be a, a positive for the market where you have newer products coming faster to the market. But what happens is these guys are so overwhelmed with data. That they cannot, I mean, if, if you go into any of these folks today uh, or teams and say, hey, by the way, here's this other drone piece of data you can gather or this other weather piece of data or soil data you can collect. Add to your analysis, they, they get you out of the room because it, it's more work on something that they're already struggling to deliver in time for the next season, right? And then you have the marketing teams and the sales teams on their neck. Come on, come on, guys. I need the data. I need the data. I need to go out to sell. And so, or, or where's the data for this new product you want me to sell? I need you the know, basement, I need to have some arguments to sell this to my, my customers. And that's the, the biggest struggle here. Uh, other industries don't have that struggle like we do on a timely basis because they're, they're more like a continuous evol- evolution or continuous product development, where in ag, you gotta be ready for the next season, right? So if I miss my window to launch a product now I won't sell it in March or April when people are planting, right? So that means I'm, I'm adding an extra year of my development program. And that means I'm not starting to pay back all that investment I did in, in research years ago, so. And
0: is that how you felt at Monsanto? So I, I was
1: in kind of the middle towards the end of that process where I was doing a, a final round of, of testing of those uh, hybrids and varieties in very different environments across the country. So we were planting from Texas to Michigan. And we had to collect data in all these different soils environments to then build arguments for people to place those new products in the different regions of the country, right? So yeah, the, the, the feel was that during the season was fine. The biggest struggle was to find the areas that you could plant, get those agreements in place, with the farmers and, and plantless plant the trial fields, and then towards the end is where people start worrying about. So right now it's that time where in in the U.S. those researchers are starting to wonder of like, okay, am I am I going to get all the data I need? Are all the fields that I planted going to come to yield? Um, can I trust the data I'm getting from either you know uh, if I'm using third parties or, or even my own team? Sometimes I have issues right in collecting data. And then once I have that data back, will I have enough time to process that, run statistics and generate the data that my marketing and sales teams are, are asking for? So from, I would say, mid-September to early November is just rush, 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 try to run data, collect the data, organize everything. So, and, and the bigger these programs get, the more complex they become.
0: So, you know, using a hypothetical situation of if I'm tasked with testing a new biological, let's say, uh, you know, a biological that's going to be a biostimulant for a crop and I'm testing this uh, and I'm looking at data um, from the factors you mentioned. So soil sensors, water sensors, uh, aerial imagery, I'm, I'm measuring the crop, you know, all this stuff's coming in. Maybe I'm keeping that. What am I keeping that in Excel before AWA? Where am I keeping that? And then what what's uh, what's going to happen when AWA comes in?
1: Great question, and it's not too hypothetical. It's very realistic what you just said. Excel is is a, the biggest data collector in the industry today. Uh, there are other systems that are more kind of legacy systems that the industry have been using for many many years. However, some of them are not even in the cloud. Their, you know local downloads you got to do in your server or your computers and then the issue with that is uh, a lot of times the sharing of that data becomes a problem and there's two main things there one thing is collecting data and, and storing it somewhere and then the second thing is what do I do with that data right how do I run analytics to really generate valuable information either for my internal teams or for my customers so that's the struggle these guys have because the, the I guess the basic understanding is like, well, let's find a place to put the data because it's a lot, and we'll worry about later. And then you probably heard the, the data silo type definition, right? Data silos for this and that. We call them orphan data because they sometimes don't even have you can't find the parents for that data. And it's just there, right? And so we come to kind of help that put it all together, help organize it in a way that is geospatial because that's another thing that. Agriculture is different than other industries, right? You can gather a lot of data for, you know, medical, financial, all that stuff. But their geospatial thing is their zip code, right? For us, you got to know where that data is coming from on a piece of land. So that's where we we help organize and, and structure. And now we're talking about okay, what do I do with that? Okay, now I can apply analytics, and it could be imagery analytics, it could be just straight data analysis, and generate reports, generate. BI dashboards they're interactive it's in the cloud where people can share that information internally or i can you know build an api with some other database or a website that i want to show this to my customers or so on so there's there becomes a much much more valuable pile of data cuz now it's an organized uh, set of data with analytics running on top of it
0: and once I have that, I know it's easier for me to share. It's easier for me to organize and, and analyze. However, I kind of want to slice the data. What is the unique aspect that AWA is bringing to this that any other sort of like data aggregator is not doing or is incapable of doing?
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's a great point. I think the uniqueness we bring is that we built that ecosystem where. You're gonna organize everything geospatially and the analytics that you're gonna apply. Now we open that up, not to just use our own analytics that we developed, but now we're doing that with also allowing third parties to join us and offering analytics to our customers. So uh, we just uh, announced uh, our partnership with IntelliNair, also with SpaceSense and others are coming that we're negotiating. So what's happening there now, our customers, will be able to go into our platform, have their data already organized there, and go to a library of uh, analytics that they can pick from and apply that over our data. So, you know, everybody's been talking a lot about ChatGPT lately, and even ChatGPT cannot work if the data is not organized behind it, right? You you will ask him a question, it won't find the answer. Uh, So that's kind of what we're trying to help here to do is, organize your data first and then start asking questions. And then you might find out you will be able to ask some questions that you never thought uh, asking before. One, because you didn't have the time to do it, because you really got to finish in, in, and deliver this for uh, your next sales season, or because you didn't have the ability to add that extra layer of data, right? So um, that's where the, we take that complexity away and, and make it easier for those uh, researchers and product placement managers and and sales managers to really push data and and get value out of it.
0: And in that case, with with the product manager or a researcher or, you know, scientist, you know, they know what they're after, right? You know, the analyzing of the data is sort of like that's their job. But what about with these farming companies you're working with? How do you help them make the leap? I mean, it's a big leap to go from, all these data sources everywhere to all these data sources in one place and some analytics help but it's still another big leap to go to like okay this is actually how i'm improving my operation through all of this can you give an example of that and maybe how they're attacking that
1: perfect yeah and, and just before i answer that on the comment you just made about the researchers that's one of the assumptions that i always fought internally back when i was at monsanto is People just hire PhDs thinking, yeah, this guy's a PhD. He'll figure out the data problem,
0: right? He knows what questions to ask. <laughs> exactly. And then
1: what happens is guys spend most of their time building Excel and pivot tables and, and charts where they could be doing a lot more valuable stuff if all that stuff was taken care of. So
0: that is such a good point. I'm glad you called that out because you're you're exactly right. And that's a, you mentioned ChatGPT. That's what I think about ChatGPT, too. It's like, it's awesome if you know what question to ask. It's not going to tell you what question to ask it's going to answer exactly the question you ask it and if you're asking the wrong questions you're wasting your time yeah
1: but if in order to ask that question if you're spending all your time building the database to organize that you ran out of time right so that's that's where the value really comes in
0: so so yeah i want to i want to make sure we stay on this point um so in addition to accelerating the process it's also opening up the time to really think about what's important rather than spending it all in the data
1: Exactly, exactly. And it's more interactive, right? So if you, if you see one of our dashboards, we, we've had this happening with other clients where we're showing the data and they start like, well, but why is this here? Why is this data looking like that? Well, and then you click and you go back and you see the image and you see the data and it's like, oh, okay, now I know that, you know, the, the issue I'm seeing here on this data point that's, you know, kind of an outlier at this point and I'm technically would have removed that from my, my base just because I don't understand it. So it's an outlier and just cut it. Now I understand it was an issue that on my planting that I put it in the wrong place <laughs> to start with. So I really got to consider that and, and look at that same product and all the other places I planted uh, to see what kind of results I got. So it it really brings it to life, the, the, that conversation. So on, on your other question about farmers and those those large organizations and they came to us with they they saw what we we're doing and they saw it and say, well, for this to have value, it's not just adding my equipment data, my like my John Deere or my field view or, or that. It's also I need to correlate this with my my costs, with my my ERP data. Can you guys do that? It's like, yes, we're we're a data company. So just tell us what kind of data points you need, and we'll organize that geospatially again. Right, So now I know that for my management zone A, that I my agronomist defined as A, not AWA, my agronomist team said, hey, this is A, B, and C. Now I can correlate and compare management zone A on all my fields and the cost of all them. And a lot of these guys are... You know they're so big that they haven't implemented precision ag in all their acres. They're like twenty percent, thirty percent, fifty percent of those acres. But they're still wondering: "Mm, Am I really making the right investment? Am I getting the ROI of investing all this? uh, You know precision ag stuff. So with that data and the ability to correlate the two, we're helping them answer. It's like, yeah, you should accelerate this because you're getting the ROI at least on management zone A's and B's and C's, but maybe D. If you have you know, a farm or field that has a lot of those, maybe that's not the case. So don't invest that much more money there because you're not going to get the return for that investment. So that's where we're helping those guys now.
0: For me as a non-technical person, uh, help me understand why does this problem need an ag-specific solution? I would think when it comes to data, data is data. And, um, you know, there's a lot of sort of off-the-shelf data pipeline, data warehouse uh, type of tools out there. You know, why does this need kind of an ag-specific solution?
1: Yeah, uh, great question as well. Um, I think the the key to that answer is the, the geospatial part of that data button. Like I said before, other industries already been through this, and many years ago, they already decide to structure their data in a way that. So, all the financials, financial industry, banks, and, and everything—you know, healthcare—it's all digitized. It's all structured. It, it, you can share files and, and information across a lot easier than it used to be. Uh, where ag, we're still kind of moving in that direction, and I think a, a little bit of the holdback—it's—it's it's how complex it is to manage your spatial data. Uh, people don't sometimes realize how hard it is until you're really trying to build mosaics of drone images, trying to put grids in, in areas uh, or, or boundaries, and, and then associate the data that one collected in a piece of paper somewhere associated to that piece of land and all the other layers of data that come with that, right? So I guess we were fortunate enough that when we started, we started with soybean breeding programs in Argentina. And usually Argentina is used as a winter season for, for uh, the, the seed companies here in the US. So that quickly moved us to work with companies in the US and then Brazil. And we grew from doing 100, 200,000 microplots of data uh, fields to 3 million. And in each one of those plots, you are managing 10 to 12 layers of geospatial data. So we had to build our own database internally to organize all that, and we got pretty good at it. And that's where we realized, like, hey, you know, this is not a only a breeding seed, soybean breeding program. This is a problem across the industry of data management in, in that scale and multi-layer, multi-year, multi-season. So that's where we pivoted into, oh, let's continue to serve these customers well with the analytics that we provide. But I think there's a huge opportunity here for the rest of the market to help manage data at a scale with geospatial layers and uh, uh, tabular data as well.
0: It does feel like we've been talking about this problem for a long time. Why do you think there hasn't been a solution up till now that has really tackled this?
1: Yeah, uh, there's, there's a couple of things. So one is the maturity of, of, of the overall industry, right, on, on really saying, hey, this is a, a problem that we got to tackle. There is actual infrastructure and, and technology build up into where we are today. So before cloud computing, we wouldn't be talking about this kind of solution. Before all the IoTs and precision ag stuff that's already available, we wouldn't be talking much about this. Uh, it was really a hey, give it to the researchers, they'll figure it out, <laughs> right? Type of, of solution. And the consolidation of the industry too, right? Now, those you know, hundreds and thousands of companies that were out there doing their own regional programs now are national programs, multinational programs. Now you're talking hundreds of thousands of data points and it just became more and more complex. So I, I think it's a, a little bit of timing and, and building up technology and infrastructure to get to where we are today.
0: Great. And uh, talk about where the company is today in terms of, you know, I don't know if you share kind of how many are out there using the platform or just what's the status of the company today?
1: Yeah. So um, we don't measure ourselves too much in in, in number of users or or acres because it's a different sale. However, In the soybean that was where we started, we were doing over 3 million plots a year with different companies like Steinseed, GDM, Benson Hill here in the United States and and others in in Brazil and Argentina. And then with the crop protection, crop nutrition and and biologicals, we've been growing a lot uh, lately. So I would say 90% of our new accounts uh, come from that in the last two years uh, since we launched AOA Vault. And today, 50% of our sales are in the US, about 30% in Brazil and 20% in Argentina. And general number of accounts, about 50 accounts, I would say that we tackle. And the number of programs these guys have uh, vary a lot. We have customers with uh, very regional programs and, and customers that are global that have, you know, trial sites and, and uh, product placement is one area that's been growing a lot in, in marketing and sales teams where there's an example of one of these customers in Brazil, that they it's a retailer, that they have 2000 side-by-sides across the country. And we all know side-by-sides are mostly a, a marketing tool to be able to plant either a seed or, or test a product in your field. And, and the sales guy will try to you know, show you that their product is better than the competitor or whatever you, you have in your farm at, at that point. The reality is that is a, an opportunity For data collection that they're not using today. So, a lot of these companies that you feel, oh, yeah, they have 1,000, 2,000 side by sides. If they're collecting data from 200 of those, it's a lot. So, it's it's more of a marketing tool than actually a data generating tool. And we're helping them to become a data generating tool and, and be able to sometimes it happens where that product is not the best in that farm and they run out of arguments. Now, with our tool, even if you have that situation you can show that farmer have at least a conversation based on data showing hey here all the other side by sides are just like this one in the same environment in your region that my product was you know 60% win 70% win rate whatever and and kind of have a better argument than just that one side by side that you planted and and they are expensive so that's one way to to use the tool and in general i'd say we didn't talk much about that, but the risk of having a bad product launch is huge. Uh, we're just talking this week with with an executive from a, a large crop protection company, and he was sharing an example of a year where they have a product launch that was a fail, over $20 million in loss in that one year that they weren't able to sell. But if you look back, they probably spent even more than that just developing that product to get to that point. And now you're at the finish line and, and the product is a flop. So those are huge investments that you want to try to avoid having that, right? So data is is key on those decisions throughout until you launch. And even after you launch on those side-by-sides or even large farm operations where or, or regular farm operations where if you can provide feedback of what's really happening out in the field to your research team, that's also another venue that uh, data that we're starting to look at that there's there's interest there the industry would love to know hey is my product really doing well or can I truly just base my decisions on launching this in i don't know southwest region based on five trials or can I have a bigger broader base of data to really launch the right product in the right place
0: because now you have this tool that 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 keeps it organized and accessible and quick at your fingertips exactly right yeah well, one thing I like to ask whenever I get anybody, you know, with kind of an earlier stage ag company on here is just to sort of paint a picture for us of the future. You know, if you continue your trajectory and continue to be very successful and this becomes the next way, you know, not the best practice, but the next practice, as you mentioned, um, you know, how does the future of agriculture look different with a tool like this more prevalent?
1: Yeah, so uh, obviously for us, that defines that we're, we're growing and, and we're meeting our customers needs. And I think for agriculture overall, we're going to see products coming to market faster. We're going to help, you know, in all these challenges that the people are trying to solve, right? And and that's why we want to be that tool to help them achieve, you know, your sustainable agriculture challenges or regenerative ag challenges, uh, yield challenges, climate challenges, whatever you're working on as, as a researcher or even a farmer trying to, you know, cope with those issues a, a out there in, in the front lines. Uh, help you be faster at finding those answers because now you have more data and you can interact with that data in a way that you never interacted before, right? So back to the the chat GPT uh, analogy, you be allowed to ask questions and have the time to have that conversation with the system in in a way where it's like, okay, this question leads leads to the next one, to the next one, to the next one, but I'm a lot faster and a lot more interactive.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much to Carlos Hirsch for taking the time to share what AWA is doing today on the podcast. You can learn more about their work at their website, which is just awa.ag. That's E-I-W-A.ag. So go check them out over there. And thanks again to Carlos. Also, I have one more story to share with you about where farm data is making a big difference. In this case, it's helping farmers monitor combine loss and capture more bushels that often they don't even know they're losing. Joining us for today's Spotlight segment is Northwest Iowa farmer, Jason DeCavers. Jason's the farm manager for Bogie Inc., which is owned by the owners of Demco. He has a background as a precision ag specialist and has known FarmWave founder Craig Gansel, who you'll hear him mention for over a decade now. I asked Jason to share a little bit about his experience using the FarmWave Harvest Vision system. I jumped into precision ag space
2: in 06, 07. So right as maybe you could say auto steer and even like planter shutoffs were taken off, um, so we really rode that curve up along with commodity prices there in the late 2000s. And uh, yeah, been involved ever since. I got to know Craig actually um, at Infoag in 2013, I believe, back when he was doing the Google Glass project. I don't know if he talked to you about that, but uh, that's how I got to know Craig. And then uh, we kind of, yeah, switched roles. He was busy, I was busy. And then in 2019, he actually saw a post of a mutual Twitter friend and next thing you know, uh, he's messaging me like, hey, I got something new, we need to visit. And, and the rest, as they say, is history,
0: so. Very cool, and what were your first impressions when he first, you know, talked to you about this new thing he was working on? You know, I, I, from the little bit I knew Craig, like the
2: tech side, I figured was gonna be bulletproof. Like, I, he, he seems to do very well with that. Um, and it was definitely an issue that we faced, right? Uh, the law sensors on our combine were debatable at best, There's some days they worked perfect and gave us an accurate idea of how much loss we were having, and there was other days where they weren't close, and and so it was kind of this constant struggle of my my factory sensors are showing loss. Is it true? So you were constantly not only fighting the sensors, but actually true loss in the field. So that's kind of one of the big things that was like, hey, we got to pay attention to this and participate. And then Craig actually visited us a few times, and we're. Um, on the farm spent some time in in harvest with us out here and and we've seen this product slowly get better the the latest version now it's all cabled power over ethernet we're getting the data in the cab and and now i would say we have a pretty good amount of face in the system now we wouldn't say that the system is perfect but it is very good at giving us the trend the trend line of are we losing yield out the back of the machine are we losing yield on the head and again it's not going to tell us hey you 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 lost 37 bushel in this field and and that's gospel we don't take it that way but we more so just keep an eye on that that system the farm wave system to say all right we're trending up or we're trending down in our loss and that's kind of using it as our guide as we make changes in the field
0: and and before you started using the system did you have a sense of kind of what harvest loss you were probably seeing out there or was this something where you kind of didn't, didn't realize that it was happening?
2: We had an idea um, that we would have some loss, but we never really thought the, the amount that we had, we didn't think we could improve, I guess, if that makes sense. You know, like it was a, a tolerable amount of loss, and so that obviously would change throughout the day, um, and so that's why we, we really started to feel like, hey, this actually can dial in a little bit better you know small improvements and uh, that's what we're seeing i guess more consistently so
0: and for those who have no experience with this whatsoever you know what does it require of you or whoever's operating the combine from setup to execution like how much of a learning curve is this
2: it's actually very simple Um, the the units that they have are pre-programmed basically you just have to put in your your name, your field uh the crop you're harvesting, and then you set your cameras so it knows properly how to analyze the image and hit the start button and you're you're off to the races so it's a very quick um time frame once you get in the field and you're ready to go that the FarmWave wave system's operating in a matter of ten fifteen seconds
0: and what about um you know just maybe technology more generally from your background in precision ag now farming. You know, where do you see Precision Ag today, or where do you see more opportunities related to harvest loss or any problem that, that maybe artificial intelligence or other tech might be able to help solve?
2: Yeah, so this is that's a great question, Tim, because I, I look at the promise of Precision Ag has left a lot of people—I I shouldn't say empty-handed—but some of the data that we collect maybe clouds their focus. Um, I, I would say, for example, NDVI imagery—you've you, got this pretty picture from a satellite and, and you're looking at it way too often though. I think people just look at the picture and never look at it again when very few people are going out and definitely analyzing, walking out in that field and checking where that uh, that issue is at. Um, and so, I, I would probably compare FarmWave to that. This is helping us look at that NDVI picture of a field more often and and try and adjust accordingly instead of just looking at the loss monitor once saying, hey, I can't I can't get it any better than this. I've done all I can and and just continuing on. So yeah, I would say Precision Ag has brought a lot of tools to the table, but a lot of people are probably underutilizing those tools or or not exploring them to the full extent that they could be used.
0: And and how has the support been with FarmWave specifically, you knowing Craig probably helps a whole bunch, but like, can you think of an example where you did run into an issue and how it was handled?
2: Yeah. Um, actually, just today, we're uh, we're going back and forth on some unique things we're trying with our system. So, uh, yeah, it's probably unfair for me to say, but I normally I just shoot uh, Craig a text right away and he gets back to me quite quickly or, or connects me with Adam. So, they've been... In our situation, they've been really great, but I would hate to say like, hey, everybody out there that buys a farmway system, here's Craig's number and call him, right? So, I want to be a little cautious with that. Uh, I don't want to blow up Craig's phone, <laughs> but... Uh, you know it's it is a very simple system um not only to install but also to run so i don't feel like there's a lot of support um but i i would say everything we've needed from the farwave group they've been very good at providing us
0: well now that you've kind of had some experience with this sort of vision based ai technology you know do you see other opportunities for it obviously you know seeing spray has been in the news a lot the last couple years um do you see other kind of uses on the farm where you're hoping kind of this this sort of vision-based ai can help 100 um
2: so we were we were actually running this camera system on our sprayer and and doing not only were we doing stand counts racing through the field this year at 12 mile an hour um, but we were also watching nozzle pattern or maybe a plug nozzle or just trying to track drift. So, in the sprayer alone, there's a very big space there um, of, of what their system can do aside from the and spray with weeds and whatnot. So, I look at too, okay, you could have a drone go out and fly and give you a stand count, but actually, you could just go spray a pre-emerge or, or a early post-emerge product and, and all also boom, you've got your stand count there, another layer of data to start correlating back to yield. So, the ai model that they build just it's it seems like it's easy for them to point a lot of stuff out now it also then falls back to the person using it okay am i going to use this um, stand count information to make a change or am i going to go actually diagnose the problem or not right that there and it falls on the operator but at the end of the day they are they're providing us a lot of ways to gauge things in season i guess so again not not released yet but they have some very impressive stuff that we're bought into
0: yeah that's cool yeah i mean same t- type of concept with sort of equipment monitoring to make those adjustments great well what else should we tell kind of a, a group of, of farmers listening that you know may be curious about this but hasn't tried it what would be your message to them
2: i would say if if you're not confident in the seat on your factory loss sensors. FarmWave is a great addition, or if you have an inexperienced operator running another machine, this is a great way to kind of keep tabs on on everybody. Um, and again, it's not going to be perfect and tell you the exact bushel loss, but if it's going to point out trends that you can then make changes on, that's it, it'll be a good fit for their operation.
0: All right, well, big thank you to Jason DeCavers for sharing his experiences. And just remember if you'd like to join the ranks of farmers like Jason, who are deploying Harvest Vision in their fields to ensure no bushel gets left behind, just put AI to work on your farm at farmwave.io there you'll be able to chat with one of their experts or locate a dealer near you thank you so much to FarmWave again for supporting the future of agriculture podcast as our quarterly presenting sponsor well last but not least i want to thank you for your time and your attention it's the week of thanksgiving this week and i love hearing from you all and i really love that this podcast that we do every week can offer a little bit of value so from my family to yours happy thanksgiving this week and i'll be back next week with another story of ag innovation